Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Okay, so I am getting a little bit of my audio echo from you, but you're plugged in, right? I'm plugged in. I'm plugged in. Now I... How about... Is it maybe that... I don't know what it was. How about now? I don't hear it now. Okay. I'm trying to talk as much as possible to test it. Yes. (laughs) I'm trying awkwardly to talk, talk, talk. Test, test, test. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it sounds good now. It's okay now? Okay. I just want you to sound as good as possible. I yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to take the time to sit with something when you don't know what's going to come out. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 463. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Airly Anderson, and we're talking about neither. Airly's newest picture book exploring uniqueness through a deceptively simple approach, language. So whether you consider yourself this or that, somewhat or whatnot, either very, sort of, just, rather, a little, neither, or both, I think this conversation is going to resonate with you. Oh, and if you're a supporter of the show through our Patreon page, I'll be giving away a copy of Neither to one lucky patron. I'll do a random drawing on October 1st, so visit patreon.com slash matthewcwinner and join the team. Thank you to our sponsors, Gallery Nucleus and Storyteller Academy, for helping make today's episode possible. And now, please welcome my guest, Airly Anderson, the author-illustrator of Neither. Welcome to the podcast, Airly Anderson. I'm so glad I feel like I've been waiting to talk to you. Matthew, I am so excited to be on this podcast. I, I feel like I've listened to your voice for so many hours that um, it just feels great to talk to you and <laughs> answer your voice. That's one of the nicest things I've ever heard. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> nice to talk to that voice in real time. I, li- I take for granted. I listen to an awful lot of voices, too. It'd be weird for me to talk to said person in real life. But oh, like Terry Gross. Uh, you know, cool. I, know. <laughs> I think of, I mean, I think of like Malcolm Gladwell. That's my one. Awesome. But yeah. uh, I want to tell you, because we did not talk about this before recording, that I've known of your work perhaps very closely from like since the beginning and that's because i know cat's colors ah, and i yes. loved cat's colors um but that was cat's colors your first book it, it wasn't it, was, was it? it wasn't it was um momo and snap are not friends came out in 2013 
Um, but the same publisher, Child's Play. It was um, Child's Play, though, uh, yeah. Um, so that was my first book, author-illustrator, as an author-illustrator. Well, you left such an impression well, on both. Momo and Snap is wonderful, too. Cat's Colors, you left such an impression just as a as a storyteller, as an illustrator as well, though, as a storyteller through art, um, that, I don't know, I, I, we're going to get to this book that brings us together today, but you've just been, you've been a fun presence on my bookshelf, in my library, in my reading times with my children, um, so it's just real neat to be sitting down and talking to you. I can't wait to get to know you more over the course of our conversation. Oh, I love that. I love to think of books you know who's who's reading them whose shelf are they sitting on uh you know what's enjoying them i and whenever i hear from someone i think oh my gosh you're actually reading them it's so neat (laughs) how cool is that then to know that i think all the time about how librarians and authors we have this sort of really great uh collaborative relationship that that we rely on you to write these books to tell these stories um and in that same way, you rely on us to share these stories, to connect with readers. But here I'm hearing it even in a cooler way that as a reader, I often wonder, and I'm sure my students do and my children do as well, who is that person behind these books? Because when you read enough of an individual's works, you sort of get a sense of their voice and you sort of start to wonder uh, or form a picture of who they might be. It's neat to hear that you as well are doing that with your readers. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, think about what what hands are turning the pages and what libraries you know what school libraries they're in i love thinking about that that is cool that is cool okay well let's before we go any further let's uh if you don't mind could you introduce yourself to those listening who might not know you yet or might not know your work yet sure um my name is barely anderson and i'm an author illustrator of three books now but I've been an illustrator for a while. I graduated from the Rhode Island School of Design in, in uh, <clears throat> 2000. And I illustrated a bunch of stuff, some board books. I love books. Um, but um, yeah, here I am. I'm writing and illustrating um, picture books. And I'm super happy to say that. I am glad you're super happy to say that. I wonder when for you the interest what was was you know sparked for not just loving picture books but then telling your own stories is this something that's been there all along i think so i um i was really lucky growing up because my parents um loved picture books too and so we had it was part of our really part of our lives and they never took them away they never kind of um said they were too young for us or said it's time to move on to books that are bigger or older. So we just kind of always had them. And it never occurred to me that they would like go away. And I realized someone was asking me about this uh, a while ago. And I thought, you know, I never stopped collecting them or reading them because even though, um, you know, now I have a two year old and he, he reads my picture books, but most of the picture books I have, I didn't buy them for any child. I bought them for me. <laughs> so I think I've been, you know, a picture book person since since the beginning. So then the follow-up question has to be, 
why write for the very young? Why focus toward that board book audience, that baby lit audience, that preschool audience? Where, where, if you, if you could, can even think uh, of, of how to articulate it, where's that draw for you? I think it's, it's kind of a natural thing. I, I, um, I, it's not a, it's not, not a sort of a decision I make by thinking about what age range I want to make a book. It just kind of comes out, I think, with the character first. Yes. And for some reason, it's sort of, that's the, that's the voice that comes out for me. So, um, uh, I just, I guess I just have to say that it's, it's just a natural, like all these characters that I have coming out of my, my pencil are just that. They're just there. That, that group. They just have that kind of feeling. <laughs> That's why I was trying so carefully to word it because I, I know that sometimes there are authors that, that go about saying this, this is the age range I really connect with. This is who I want to speak to. I really value the reading process that goes on at that age. And others, as you're saying, I, I there's this beautiful sort of, um, entrancing relationship with characters that come on to your sketchbook that arrive in your brain. It's neat to hear that you're the latter in that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that is, that is, that is how it happens for me. Well, so you have this new book, uh, newer, newest, um, called neither called neither called however you pronounce it. I pronounce yeah. it neither. And um, my students correct me, and it's adorable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm always like, um, I didn't grow up around here, so I pronounce it neither. <laughs> but um, <laughs> You can but, pronounce it either way in the spirit of book. Could you I pronounce, pronounce it, it either way? <laughs> you could pronounce it either way. You could change on different days, whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> so um, would you mind um, sharing sort of a, a book talk for this book. What is this book? Um, how do you describe it to others? And then I'll get into to <laughs> trying to wrap my brain around how I describe it to others. Sure. So um, Neither is a character who was born into the land of this and that. So the land of this and that, there are only two kinds of creatures there until neither is born there. And everyone is sort of befuddled by neither's presence. And so the book is sort of this journey of where neither ends up, um, which I'm not going to spoil the end for everyone, but it's a place, um, kind of a mystical place, where there's lots of different kinds of creatures. Um, and so I, I tell people what... What happened was this this character came to me first, and it doesn't usually happen that way um, with my stories, but with this one, I had this character formed in my mind, and the, actually the title of the book, too, which that usually doesn't happen until the end for me either. So, either. <laughs> so <laughs> Nailed uh, it. So, well done. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, so, this book really came from that character, um, and I have to say that this character sort of told me the story from start to finish so oh, cool um, you know usually it's a little more me working out okay what's gonna happen here and there and but this one it was really I feel like this little this little creature really was was you know how novelists say like my characters 
you know, controlling my life. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the, you know, or I, I, I talk to them and that kind of stuff. That, that is how I felt about this character. I thought, I don't know what's going on here, but neither has to be in the world. Neither sort of invaded your subconscious. I've had this happen with characters of mine as well. Oh, absolutely. It happened. And did you find, I mean, you mentioned about the story coming too. Did you find, or the title? No, you mentioned about the title coming too. Mm-hmm. Did you find that um, neither story came easily to you or was that something that, that took more time? That was, I had it in my head for a while and I was carrying it around and I thought, what is yeah. neither, what is neither going to do? What will happen with neither? I sort of knew neither's trajectory, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know about the land of this and that yet. That kind of took some, uh, some freeing up. But uh, it, was, it was one of those experiences where you sit down and you it's like there's daylight out and you kind of scribble. And then uh, I looked up and it was like, hours later and I sort of had lost I was disoriented and I had this story I mean it's not that I lost consciousness or something like that but I had this flow experience where I didn't realize how long I had been sitting there and I thought oh okay so I just wrote this story and in a big long flow and of course we you know we edited afterwards a lot and we kind of um, tweaked and made made changes of course but that first sort of first process was really amazing it's something that you always hope that you that you experience yes but it's not something that you can it doesn't always happen with every story which is fine but it's when it does happen it's just like it's a kind of kind of a magical thing flow state getting into that place you know i I was first familiar with with that term about flow um, because of working with video games. That was such an easy thing for me to connect with. Like as I was doing video games in the classroom and hearing all about gamification and and those principles and talking about um, gamers getting into flow state where you just you're in the game and you're not even thinking about how you're moving your hands. You're just part of the game. The controller is an extension of your fingers. Um, But it makes perfect sense to uh, to think of where else we're, we're achieving that flow state. Um, so I wonder to people listening um, if, if, if others have had that experience of not sort of growing up aware of flow state, but, but maybe experiencing it and not knowing that it has a name to think that you sat and, and found that flow for this particular book is really well. Do you mind if I read to you, Airly? Is that okay if I read to you and and people listening? Oh, I love it. <laughs> because there there is for sure a flow to your words. That's just I found quite frankly um, that I had to um, I had to really restrain to hold back to savor when I read this book because it just flows. It just goes, and I love that. The text starts. Once upon a time, there were two kinds, this and that, these and those, one or the other, until, honk, what kind are you? I'm both. You can't be both. You must be neither. I'm neither. 
Neither tried to play a this game. You can't play with us. You're not rabbity enough. Neither tried to play a that game. You can't play with us. You're not birdie enough. Why don't you find somewhere else? You're not one of us. You're neither. Neither, neither, neither. Must stop there. Um... Because oh, I'm hitting I the love... flow. I'm going to read your entire book to you, Airly. This is going to happen. Um, I love how you read that. I, I I might have to borrow some of your intonations for my next reading. I really like that. Well, so you, though, you've got, and this is, I understand that not only your text, but also working with your editor, with your art director, the the way that you selected to lay out the text on the page, all of that I understand is working here, but just how much is going on in the art that um, that children are reading visually? That visual literacy piece in this book is so powerful um, that I should say just to just to, to out this character that we haven't really talked about. That neither is uh, neither is uh, this this green bird like rabbit like creature but neither is neither of those things um but but green becomes important because all of the rabbits are blue and all of the birds are yellow so you also sort of get to play with color theory in a way um reading through this book um but there's these concepts that are so they're distilled down to to be um so tangible i feel for the readers and yet by combining them you're really allowing this this big concept also to be so distilled that when we try to isolate someone for their differences, we're really not seeing that they're just a combination of things that we're made up of and other people are made up of. Uh, That when we see someone as neither, we're sort of denying seeing ourselves in that person. I just thought that was so profound, Early. Oh, I love that. That is a, that's a really great way of, of saying that, that the bunnies, they don't see that neither has bunny in them or the birds don't see that neither also has birds in them. They, they really do see neither as not one or the other. Right. Not enough. Therefore not, not one of us. Right. Ah, yeah. Right? I mean, are you feeling that? I'm, I'm just sitting here, like, reflecting, going, lo- going, like, how many times have I been in a situation where I didn't feel like I was enough of whatever? And then to have on this page not only that thought that we can sit with, but you have a character voicing that thought, allowing us to dare those words. I feel like that's that's powerful to allow us to tap into that emotion the the fear that the insecurity there's the word the insecurity that we might feel like oh, I'm not of I'm not a good enough at this or I'm not enough of that or I'm not whatever enough to fit into this group is often something that we we often tell ourselves and here you're you're allowing another character to voice it which allows allows us to to step outside of ourselves uh, to identify those feelings. That's that's wonderful. I I you know when when this when neither was uh, being born, <laughs> uh, I was hoping that 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 my readers would be able to take away things like that, like you just said, that's very personal 
um, feeling from it and maybe even a complex feeling and idea from it, even though it's pared down in a way like you were saying, it's, it's sort of, um, it's simple, I guess you could say what, what is happening is, is it's a, it's a deceptively simple idea, but I love the idea that, um, everyone can see something in it that they, that they've felt or identified with, um, no matter, you know, no matter what, who that person is or what their background is. Uh, that's what I was hoping for. Yes. And I'm reminded as we talk, as you share, that that word simple so often carries a negative connotation. But mm-hmm. at the same time, simplicity can be profound. Um, to be able to find just the right words to articulate an idea across languages, across pre-language, is something that really takes care, takes finesse. And, um, And you do this here. I was saying to you off recording that what I sort of found most profound is the space you leave for your readers that I found myself upon first or second read thinking, is this a book about sexuality about a sexual about identification about like gender identification or um about identifying as as you know straight or gay or bi and i realized i'm that's something that i'm bringing to this this just as easily could be a book about um about feeling like you fit in because of the color of your skin or because of your age or because of your uh, ability on the soccer field. I don't know. You, you, you leave so much space that it can be, it can be what it needs to be for the reader. And now a brief word from our sponsor. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Gallery Nucleus, an art gallery and bookstore where you can find prints, books, and other gifts from some of your favorite children's book illustrators like John Clausen, Christian Robinson, and more. Gallery Nucleus is offering listeners 15% off your next purchase by entering in the promo code WONDER18. Visit gallerynucleus.com to discover more or click on the Gallery Nucleus banner at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. That's great. I uh, I love the idea of making space, and I think well with picture books, that's kind of the thing. Is that the thing that I love about them is that um, there are things that are unsaid in them, and even when you sort of say them with the illustrations, sometimes there's still more space to uh, kind of leave it up to interpretation. And I, I've met so many different people who've said, you know, I, I mean, I love how you, you said that uh, you recognize that you were bringing your own experience to it because a lot of people say, well, this book is clear, clearly about X, Y, Z thing. Um, it's clearly about bullying or it's clearly about race or gender. And um, it's funny because I, I, I always say, well, well yes, <laughs> it is about those things, but it's about really all of them or you know 
um, whatever you whatever you bring to it is is what I was hoping, you know, for that people could bring their own thoughts to it. So um, I, I had I had one person say that they she felt that everyone saw her as a very popular um, cheerleader type in high school, and she was a cheerleader, um, but she uh, on the inside she didn't want to hang out with the popular group. She didn't really want to talk to anybody. She kind of wanted to go into the library and kind of nerd out in the library, but she didn't feel that she could do that. And so she felt sort of, um, she felt that this book really, really spoke to her. And that's the thing that I, I could never have, uh, I would never have predicted that, that, that someone like that might, might see their own story. And then I started hearing just lots of different kinds of stories which is beautiful. So I want to ask, because you've left so much space for all of us to see ourselves in the book, and I love those books that are written for the very young, but end up being so obviously for every age. Um, but I wonder, Erli, where, where the story connects with you personally. What what does neither mean to you? I think for me, um, as an artist, I've always felt very comfortable with sort of gray areas. I felt comfortable kind of sitting with the unknown. Yeah? Um, what? Yeah. So, <laughs> so uncomfortable so, for me. I love that you're like, you love to live <laughs> in that world. And already I'm thinking, oh, I'm she's so that. provocative. She loves to live in the unknown. <laughs> I, uh, well, it can make for, I mean, I think in my younger days, it made for some, you know, disorganized, uh, living, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I thought, well, let's see what happens. I don't know. Am I going to get those plane tickets? Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, that I can sit with things, um, and maybe a lot of other artists feel this way too. I don't know. But, um, when you can kind of look at something and not, not have to define it right away. I think that's what I've, that's what I've gone through, you know, for better or for worse in my life is, um, uh, being able to kind of carve something out of that, if that makes sense. And with my art, I would say, um, just to be able to take time to sit with something that you don't know what's going to come out. And then, once it does, you start you start kind of working on it, um, and I think also um, I people kind of tend to think of artists as being messy or crazy <laughs> um, or something like that, and I think sometimes I do fit into that into that category, but sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Um, and on the other hand, sometimes when people look at me, they think that I'm very sunny. I have kind of a, I guess, kind of a sunny uh, outlook most of the time. And that's kind of how I talk. I have, I'm happy most of the time. But uh, I think people assume a lot about uh, my personality that I'm, that it's all kind of sunshine all the time. And I have, I think like a lot of people, some pretty dark, you know, real and uh, mm. that's that's a 
that's maybe where my where my neither is, because uh, you know I'm not really a morning person, I'm not really a nighttime person. <laughs> I'm kind of both and neither at the same time. Well, I I think being able to appreciate how um, complex human beings are, and that um, that that's what makes us perhaps so drawn to one another is that it's not always what you see at the surface. There's something deeper there. I think that's important. And I'm glad that, that whatever was working in you brought you to this. When you were at uh, RISD, did you, was your focus on making picture books? Did you go there to like focus on the craft of making picture books or did you have a different focus when you were there? Um, I, I, I did. Well, I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to be an illustrator okay. for, for picture books, but I wasn't sure. I was kind of, you know, sitting in the gray area again, I guess. And, um, <laughs> uh, but once I saw the illustration department, um, I, I knew that I was, I was an illustrator and I was definitely going to do a lot of children's, you know, children's stuff. So, um, that's kind of, it, it was pretty clear for me right away. See that I'm glad. I'm glad that these things lined up for you. I'm glad that I assume you were with like a lot of really cool inspiring other people as well. But um to know that to know that your voice has been refined by cutting your teeth on picture books your whole life and that that's a a format of storytelling that hasn't left you um and that more importantly, your life has led in a direction that allows you now to contribute to that body of work that you've always so loved and appreciated, I think is pretty darn special. Thank you. I, I really feel very lucky um, to be able to do it. It's something that, you know, in art school, you feel like, um, is this going to work? <laughs> and then... And then later you think, this is definitely not going to work. And then later I felt like, okay, this has to work, and I'm going to keep doing it until it works um, no matter what. And I think once you get, once I got to that point, that's when everything started really, to really click. And now a brief word from our sponsor. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. The mission is to help aspiring storytellers learn the craft of storytelling by sharing their creative process intimately. They believe everyone has a story to tell, and listeners of the Children's Book Podcast are invited to a free mini-class. Enroll today at www.storytelleracademy.com wonder or click on the Storyteller Academy banner at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. And I have to say that I I wanted to add on to that last comment that we were talking about, that um, what one of the things that was happening after I graduated is I was teaching, um, it was a long time after I graduated, but I was teaching middle school, um, and I got all of these ideas from my middle schoolers. Uh, just every day, they just were so <laughs> inspiring. Everything that they said were just was, I mean, funny and 
emotional and there was drama and just I loved all their energy <laughs> and um you know I also always had to like lie down after I taught middle school but uh middle school art and um one of the things that I that happened was that I um a student of mine uh was came back from one of our breaks and was had transitioned into dressing as and identifying as a, um, as a boy. And before she had been identifying as a girl. And I, I, uh, I kind of later realized that neither had so many, so many little parts of neither were, were inspired by that, um, by that experience, by kind of observing what, what, his classmates were how they were reacting and what his his confidence and his um, inspired um, energy about about it. It was I was just very I was in turn inspired. I think a lot of people were inspired by by him, and um, I I wrote neither and then later reflected back on. On that experience, and thought, you know, this this has a lot to do with with my listening to that story and knowing that person um, who was an, also is still an avid avid sketcher. So so much sketching going on. I gotta up my game here because <laughs> <laughs> he is just sketching every day, and um, so the part of the root of where where neither comes from is is that too well early i'm i thank you for saving space for him and um and what a gift to be able to write something and think you know this a part of this might be coming from my own dark side that people don't see (laughs) but it might also be coming from these beautiful moments that you've had spending time with others. I yes. um I I I want to I I want to make sure that I call out how much I love your use of words because you take the ownership of vague words and allow your reader to live there to allow your reader to um accept and and be be proud of living in in the the vague. That's the best word I can say without saying the actual words that I'm about to read. But um, I won't give away the ending. Um, suffice it to say that, that it um, ends with such a beautiful spread, too. I gotta say, that end spread and also the um, the flying over spread when neither is, is chased away. Man, those two spreads, they're amazing. Anyway, this line, this line goes, Once upon a time, there were many kinds, this and that, somewhat and whatnot, either, very, sort of, just, rather, a little, neither, and both, and all were welcome. That's good. That line... That the those comparison lines, those words, those those pairings that you did, 
it's just I don't know. There's just there's just a rhythm to it. There that's just I don't know. I can't I can't quite articulate it. But there's some magic going on. Elizabeth Gilbert would say there's some big magic going on in this oh, book. And, I, uh, right? <laughs> how I love that book. <laughs> I can't quite say what it is, but I can just tell that it's magic. It's magic going on in there. Um, <laughs> and how those words came to you in that flow state and the beauty. I got to keep going back to that beauty of flow state where you're just making. You're just writing. You're not fully in control. You give you give way to the muse and you allow that idea to come out of you and it's beautiful, messy form. Um, there's just something there. There's some magic there. Um, and I'm really grateful that, that, that what we all have as readers is neither is this beautiful book you're offering to all of us. I wonder before we close our time together, before, um, we give that last message to readers. I wonder, early first, if there's anything about this book, about inspiration, about anything at all that we didn't talk about, that I didn't ask about, that you want to make sure people hear before we close this conversation. I would say if you can, if you can identify it with neither, um, I think... I think a lot of us can, and um, yeah. I would love for everyone to just be able to be themselves. Uh, it sounds like people have said that, you know, so many times. Just feel free to be yourself. You heard but it. when you so you heard it when you were a kid, right? Yeah, you know, be yourself. But I, I think when you really, when you really dig down and think, I can, you know, I'm allowed to be just me um that can be so it's just so liberating yeah and i hope that i hope that everybody is able to do that i've i've been i've been free to to be me um you know and i i hope that i just hope that other people are allowed to do that too yeah i mean i'm thinking too of like all the writers and illustrators that are listening to this thinking like man we all need to just stop trying to be this or that, trying to fit in and just allow yourself. It brings me back to the very first thing that I mentioned to you on recording, which is that this wonderful book, Cat's Colors, to me, I don't think I articulated this at, at the start, but it just felt like a book that didn't feel like anything I'd read before. It felt peculiar. It felt odd. Mm. And in that way, it felt charming. Uh, and it felt um, just intimate, and so I, I hear that, and I I hope readers ever of all ages can can just allow neither to be to be their truth. I don't know, you know. But this isn't about me. This is about you, and this is about <laughs> your readers. So let me thank you, Airly, for coming on. Thank you, thank you. You're oh, wonderful. You. You're a good person, and I like your books a whole lot. Thank you. I'm so happy that you do. And I have to say that I felt like I can be myself on this podcast, which is sort of a, um, that's kind of amazing because, you know, <laughs> the thing about being on a podcast is that you, I thought maybe I'd be more nervous or something, but I felt free to be me. So <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I'm you. Glad. <laughs> <laughs> See, 
see two two pair of headphones and 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 connection over Skype. It's it can be closer than than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah, I think I like so. That. Maybe maybe that speaks to 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 knowing that you just don't know what kind of impression you're going to leave on people, do you? You just no. don't know what kind of connection you're going to make. In in school, I've I've taken to this um line from a musical by Stephen Sondheim called Into the Woods. There's this line in this musical that says, be careful the things you say. Children will listen. Mm. And it, it strikes me as profound how the things we do, the things we say and the things we don't say, just the way we carry ourselves, that there's kids listening all the time. And it's informing their view of the world. And so I come back to your book, Early. I come back to neither in the space that you leave for your readers. And so I come to you with this question. Early, I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes. Yes, there is. I, I was thinking about what, what it was like for me to be in elementary school and I always wondered if I would feel like myself when I grew up to be an adult. I kind of thought, well, I'll probably be a different person then. But uh, I want them to know that I personally feel I feel still like like that like that person in elementary school. I still feel like my kid self. Uh, only you know I can kind of uh, do a lot. A lot more as an adult so I wanted to tell them that don't rush being kids stay kids as long as you can but being an adult is pretty cool this is Kate Narita fourth grade teacher and author of the book 100 bugs accounting book the children's book podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny Sue, Amy, Kate, Darshana, Nicole, Jarrett, Mike, Link, Anitra, Lynn, Cynthia, Doug, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Judy, Karina, Teresa, Elaine, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You are welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. 
That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.